Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John Woolley, content creator for the Instagram page, Make Wads Great Again. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, really excited tonight. Got a buddy on um, and also a games athlete and not one that I actually work out with on a regular basis. So uh, Ethan Helbig has uh, joined the podcast tonight. Ethan, how are you? Doing good, man. How are you? I'm good. Appreciate you not wearing a shirt like a real CrossFitter. That's impressive. Uh, you know, the 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 listeners uh, don't get to see that, but I feel like this is my normal routine whenever I'm hanging out with the games athlete. You know, I hang out with the twins all the time. And, and I swear to God, I don't think I've ever seen Spencer wear a shirt. I'm not even sure he owns them. Just uh, par for the course for you guys, I guess. If I was ripped like you, I wouldn't wear one either. So, I mean, I'm not ripped up like uh, Saxon, Spencer, and, uh, and Scott, but they – they definitely have. There's something in the gene pool there. Those kids are, are <laughs> incredible. I can't. I can't believe how that family is. You know, I've never seen Papa Pan with his shirt off though. I may have to ask him next time I see him. You know, he's always running around there on uh, on Saturdays with me doing partner wads, and he's a little older than me. But I've never seen him with the shirt off, so I may have to ask him to rip it off and see <laughs> if, they, if that gene pool it's all him or if it's his wife. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll save that for the weekend. So, uh, so yeah, let's get into it. So you and I had some uh, chance to to hang out some in Madison last week, which was a lot of fun. And, you know, I thought yep. we'd talk about that. So why don't we just start with talking about the games? What was your experience like this go around as a, as a spectator and, and getting to see the changes kind of firsthand without the pressure of having to get out on the field and, and go head to head? Yeah. So um, this year was definitely a little bit different. Um, obviously with me being a spectator and working a booth this year, I got to do a lot of watching, um, which was kind of, I don't know, it, it was kind of upsetting, but at the same time, it was a great chance for me to see how the games are going to play out. And uh, this year was a very controversial year for a lot of people because I know the uh, the cuts were a new introduction. And um, the biggest thing were the order of the workouts. And during the games, I'm not going to lie, I didn't like the order of the workouts. Um, I wasn't really a huge fan of how they played out until I heard the reasoning behind them. So like, First initial thought being at the games, didn't really know why they would throw legless rope climbs into the first workout, except to, you know, try to mass eliminate. Um, obviously, the the people who trained everything and worked on everything, um, they would give them their, their time to kind of cut through the field, get out on top. Um, but there's just a couple couple movements on the first couple, I guess you could say the first two workouts that I was very surprised to see because both of those workouts kind of incorporated a little bit of everything. You had to have a motor for the running and the rowing. You had to have gymnastics for the legless rope climbs and the handstand walk. And then you had to have strength and strength endurance in order to move that 185 snatch on a turf field and then do the kettlebell push press. So, I mean, I think the – I did you watch Jacob Hepner's video on how the games are programmed? Uh, a little bit of it, not all of it, part of it. So he put that – he put every day into a tri, a, a pyramid perspective. So there was like sport, gymnastics, strength, uh, aerobic capacity. Um, and I think those are the four. And essentially he figured out the scheme in which they use to program the workouts, which is pretty cool. Um, he put everything into like a perspective of order. And the way he described it was like Castro wasn't trying to program the games to like purposely eliminate people. He was trying to program the games so that like you had to earn the the right to essentially do the more fun and the higher skilled or like the strength oriented events at the end of the weekend which i thought was really really cool um if you look at it in a post games term 
Um, but I know like first initial thought, I was like, I cannot believe they cut all of these people before a max clean. But at the end of the day, if you look at it, um, Castro put some strength elements in there. So technically those guys had their time to show like, Hey, I'm strong and I can move a barbell, but you also had to be able to do everything else in order to get to the portion where you could show them that you could do a 380 clean. So I don't know. It was, it was as an athlete, it was awesome to watch because I think this was the most challenging year for Frazier. Um, it was kind of weird to see him not have a massive point lead after like the first couple of days, but because of the way that the point structure and the events played out, it kind of, it kind of put him on his toes and it was really exciting to watch him and Noah kind of battling it out, kind of knowing that Frazier was going to, you know, prevail at the end. But um, it, it made for a very exciting spectator event. If, if I can say it, say it that way. Yeah, no, I agree. I, you know, I've, I've said that a number of times that, um, you know, getting to see it go into Sunday in a close race, you know, Frazier versus a blowout. His- yeah, not you know, not having it locked up. Like it just gets boring when they literally don't have to do anything in the last workout. Um, yeah, you know. So I thought that was really, uh, really fun. I also enjoyed getting to watch the max clean. I've said that a number of times that you know yeah. having fewer lifters on the platform uh, or you know in this it case, allowed having- them to do it in a more intimate way versus having the way they ex- it put all eyes on just one person at a time versus having. 20 barbells out there loaded and you know it just going back and forth that it it made it like a very i mean i imagine being an athlete and being out on that platform at that time was probably one of the coolest experiences they'll ever see inside the coliseum i mean being able to move that much weight one person going at a time having that 295 uh five clean sprint to do the tiebreaker i mean that i know that would have been one of my favorite events if i would have been there yeah, I, I thought the clean was fun just for to be able to see just the the pure competitiveness. You know, you got to see Pancheck and Frazier going head to head. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know uh, Matt very well, but I don't know Scott real well. And he's about the most competitive guy I've ever seen. And like, you just see it in his face as he's lifting, yeah. like, you know, he, he wasn't going to back down in the same way with, you know, Amanda Barnhart and Tia Toomey. You know, there's a man that, out that there was, showing, you know, yeah. everybody that, you know, while Tia is an amazing lifter, you know, maybe she isn't the strongest woman on the planet anymore, you know, and that's uh, yeah. really kind of fun to see, you know, different than years if, past. If Barnhart, if Barnhart didn't have a sprained ankle, that event may have been different, but at the end of the day, I guess we'll never know until, you know, it's repeated, but. Yeah. Amanda's about as strong as uh, any person I've ever seen, let alone women. I mean, I certainly can't lift as much as she does. So, yeah. uh, you know, she's uh, certainly an impressive athlete to say the least. So let's talk about you some. So, um, you know, so obviously this year you weren't competing at the games and you, you took some time off to run an affiliate. So, you know, I wanted to chat about that yeah. a little bit. So tell me about your affiliate. How's that going? Do you know how you enjoying, you know, running a box? Yeah. So I, I bought my, I fully took over my gym, um, as a one man show in August of 2017. So the year before I qualified for the games. So I've actually owned my affiliate for a while now. I just never really publicized it for some reason. Um, I was, I never used to be like afraid to show that I owned a gym on Instagram. It's just, it wasn't my priority and going to the games last year made me kind of realize where my priorities needed to be. Um, and I'm, I would like to say that at this point in time, I'm actually more passionate about coaching and owning my gym than I am training. Now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love training. Like I have, I have 100% goals and aspirations of getting back to the games, going there for 
what hopes to be a long, healthy career. Um, but going to the games and kind of realizing that like, Hey, even if you go to the games, it's not all sunshine and rainbows that made me kind of respect and love what I get to do every day even more because now I get to realize that, Hey, I, I own this, this Avenue that not only allows me to help people, um, and kind of help them learn the potential that they have in their body. Um, I mean, the coolest thing is seeing a lady walking off the street who's never lifted a weight before in her life, um, almost being deathly afraid of it, going into like full blown addiction and like, you know, she's enjoying doing clean and jerks and back squats and deadlifts. And then she's learning how to do kipping pull-ups. And it's like, we've had a couple people come in and, and lose 80 to a hundred pounds. And, and now they're like actively competing in local competitions, which is like the coolest thing ever. I have a master's athlete who has lost 80 pounds in the past 16 months. And I, I truly believe that she, she's only been doing CrossFit for a year. I think that within the next 14 to 16 months, she could probably be good enough to make a run for the master's games. I mean, she has a gymnastics background, so she picked up bar muscle ups, ring muscle ups, handstand push ups super quickly. And now she's at the point where she's getting stronger. She's building like aerobic capacity. So like, that's the thing that kind of drives me um, with, with owning the gym is the fact that it's just pure passion. I mean, I've never woken up at, at I coach most of the 5:30 a.m. classes because I like to. Like most gym owners are trying to find ways to get out of their gym and just make it like residual income. Where like for me, I'm trying to find ways to be more involved at my gym. Now, you know, there's a plus and a minus to that. Um, I'm 23, never went to college, nothing like that. So for me to go into owning a business with absolutely zero background was kind of like a shock. Um, but the coolest thing is, is that my community is super supportive and they're all willing to help me. And I'm just kind of learning as I go. I mean, I, I really never thought I was going to be owning a gym and trying to be a CrossFit Games athlete at 23 years old. Um, but luckily I've, I've had the opportunity and kind of ran with it. And it's, it's my absolute passion, um, helping and training people. So I never feel like I'm at work like a single day. It's awesome. Yeah, you got to go find yourself some college kid to run that 5.30 a.m. class, man. That's, that's, <laughs> I know. That's, uh, right, that's, now, right now I'm coaching three out of five. So I, I get to sleep in two days a week. Yeah, that's a that's a brutal that's a brutal class. I uh, I've been sneaking into the five thirty class some, and I did that for years when I first started CrossFit. Uh, it was the only way I could get to work and you know still get my girls off to school and whatever. And yeah. uh, I've been joking about it even on the page the last couple of days that you know it's these five thirty AMers they're having their second lunch by like nine thirty. Uh, you know, it's just it's a uh, it's a brutal time to uh, to to do that. So get a college kid, man, and come in in the afternoons. <laughs> yeah. What's, what's the you, most gratifying part for you? Is it, is, you know, you mentioned weight loss multiple times. Is it, is it helping those people overcome those big hurdles? Is that what's really motivating you? Yeah. I mean, so my, my biggest thing is that when somebody loses weight, um, so if somebody loses 40, 50, 60 pounds, that it's not only life changing on the aspect of like, Hey, you're going to live longer and you're going to have a long-term residual side effect from losing weight, eating healthy, staying active. But it, it, it's also confidence. I've seen so many people that walk into the gym and they just like, they're so uncomfortable being in their own body. And then you see somebody lose 40, 50, 60 pounds. And it's, it's like the most confident person you've ever seen in your life. So like, 
yes, I love helping people lose weight, but I think the most gratifying part of that is seeing somebody go from being like a very unhappy, unhealthy, just like very conscious um, person to, to seeing somebody go to pure confidence. Cause I mean, you know, you know how the world works. I mean, the people who are afraid to be in their own skin, it, it, it's very hard to go through the day and, you know, feel okay about everything. So I feel like CrossFit has been a great avenue for a lot of people because it accepts everybody. Like you can go into a gym, 40, 50 pounds overweight and work out with a guy who's got 6% body fat and he's not going to shame you. You know, they, what other gym in the world can you go to? And that happens. And it also gives a good avenue for people to like, not really strive to be that person, but just let them know like, Hey, I can do it too. You know, you know what I mean? So I think confidence in people um, has, is the most gratifying part of my job. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. You know, the glass one has been preaching that for, um, gosh, forever, really. Um, you know, you've, you see more of what you're describing in the boxes than competitive athletes. Like you're the rare unicorn, like the athlete that actually can make the games, you know, you're the 1% of the 1%. There are more people like you're describing of those that have lost 70, 80 to a hundred pounds and now have a completely different outlook on life than don't. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's amazing that you're getting that done. Are you, are you using the main site at all to help them with nutrition or are you, are you coaching it differently? Um, no. So I actually, I kind of help people with macros. So I feel like for our environment, um, the reason I like macros is because it's very, very, you can manipulate it a lot. If you know what I mean? Um, you essentially can set the numbers, track the progress, and then it's very easy to adjust on a numerical scale um, versus I don't do meal plans. I've never been a type of person um, in our area where he we're heavily business owner driven. So I would like to say probably 35 to 40 percent of my members own their own business, which in an area that's that's a lot of people. So having a specific meal plan to follow and saying you have to eat this, 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 this and this and we're going to cut out all of this and we shouldn't eat this it's really hard for a lot of people because of their, their time and their resources. Cause for most people, that's their most valuable part of their day is time and what, what they have, what they have access to. So for me, I try to help people with just eating whole foods and essentially putting a number to what they're eating. Um, this year alone, we have helped 11 people lose 30 pounds or more just from tracking their macros and exercising three times a week. And that's been my big focus is I'm trying to create this program that essentially allows me to bring people in off the street and say, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do CrossFit or a scaled version of CrossFit three times a week for six weeks. We're going to eat healthy. We're going to track our macros. And then we check in every Sunday. And then that allows us to track process and get this long-term plan kickstarted in a very motiv motivational way. So I, I'm not saying I don't agree with the CrossFit's, um, way of nutrition. I just find it very hard for people to follow that style of diet um, with their lifestyle that they live, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of debate still, uh, you know, particularly amongst athletes like yourself as to, you know, what's the appropriate way. I've got two or three guests coming on this week that we're going to debate this and talk about, which is why I was asking you, I was just curious for your opinion on it. Um, you know, the, the CrossFit seems to have everyone kind of pushed toward keto or, you know, more of a, a high fat, you know, carb restricted diet, which, 
you know, for yeah. me, me personally, I struggle with that. Um, you know, I'm nowhere near a competitive athlete, but I do hard workouts and, and, uh, I struggle to, to uh, be effective when I'm on a high fat diet, as opposed to having, you know, kind of yeah. more carbs in my life. Um, but it works for some people. So I'm, so I'm, I'm like, you, yeah, I don't judge it. If people, if it works for someone, yeah. Hey, do it, you know? And myself, I have a nutrition coach and that's what we do. I mean, if you talk to any competitive CrossFit athlete, most of them track macros because you need carbs to essentially fuel your body to, to do the amount of exercise that we do. But, um, that's kind of, that's another reason. Um, I work with Mike Kessley. Um, he's, he's a great nutrition coach. He's shown and taught me a lot of things and with the way that he was able to help me and not only performing better, but recovery. Um, but with the way that he was able to help me, I kind of saw that as an avenue to like, Hey, help some other people. So I don't really market myself as like a nutritionist. Um, I just, you know, I, I tell people like, listen, nutrition is, you can make it simple or you can make it really complicated. I, I like to make it simple. We're going to find your macros. We're going to run them for a week. And if we have good progress, fine. If not, we'll make some adjustments. So I like to keep it kind of on a, on a simple scale for most of my, but yeah, so that's one day I actually do want to get certified, um, to be more, you know, licensed to do nutrition. Um, but as of right now, it would just be another thing on the plate that I can't handle. So for me, it's, I just like to keep simple and it's been, it's been helping and working with people. So if it's not broke, don't fix it. Right. Yeah. Well, it sounds like what you guys are doing is certainly effective and, uh, you know, getting great results. So, you know, continue to do that. Um, so what's really next for you? So obviously you're running this affiliate, you're helping a lot of people, but you want to get back to the game. So, you know, let's talk about yeah. your training, your training a little bit. Like what's that look like for you currently? Yeah. So essentially the goal with, as soon as, as soon as I found out, like figured out and told my coach, like, Hey, I think it's, I, I think I'm ready. I want to make another run at the games. Um, we immediately went to looking at my schedule and making my schedule work with my coaching and the ownership of the gym. So essentially we looked and, and saw, okay, how many days a week can we do doubles? How many days a week can we do singles? What are the time frames that we can do longer singles? Um, essentially the same exact format that I used to get the regionals last year. So last year, whenever I got the regionals, I was doing uh, two doubles. Um, three times I was doing three doubles. So Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I was doing doubles on Tuesday. I was doing a, a three hour single. And then on Saturday, I was doing a three hour single, but right now my schedule is a little different. I actually rest on Monday because I coach, um, I coach 11 classes on Monday. So I get to the gym at five in the morning and then I'm not done until nine, nine o'clock at night. So that's my Monday and adding training. And on top of that would just be way too much stress. I mean, you know what it's like to have a busy sporadic spread out day, being on your feet all day, um, doing that. And then trying to train is like a living nightmare. So I literally just sleep in between classes. Um, I don't do anything. Um, Tuesday is a double. Um, so I hit a morning aerobic session with an evening strength and cross a gymnastics and CrossFit session. Wednesday is also a double. Um, I actually modified my coaching schedule uh, before I was coaching Wednesdays and Mondays the same way, 11 classes on each day. But as soon as I announced that I was going to train for the games, I kind of resituated my coaching schedule. That way it would better fit with my, my training schedule. Um, Thursday is an active recovery day. So I normally do all my swimming on that day. Um, we're trying to do swimming year round because I was so bad at it last year. Um, but my only actual rest day is on Monday because Friday is a double Saturday is a two and a half to three hour single. And then Sunday is also a two and a half to three hour single. 
So that's just kind of getting ready for sanctional, just kind of adjusting my body back to doing the full volume, um, picking up the aerobic, getting stronger. I mean, everything. So have you decided which sanctionals you want to compete in? Yes, I have. Um, I don't know if I want to announce this <laughs> or not. Secret. Yeah. Secret. So, you, you, it... you know, how, you know how the game goes. I mean, you, you qual- like for me, since I wasn't at the games this year, I'm going to have to qualify. Sure. Um, so I'm doing an, I'm doing the Waterpalooza on, online qualifier. Um, I'm probably going to pick one or two of those competitions to try to go to, but at the end of the day, um, I have to make sure that the competitive field lines up with my goals, especially because the, the earlier in the season you go, the, the more competitive it is, the less of a chance you have of qualifying. So especially if like that competition's right before or right after, uh, right around the open, the later into the season, the bigger risk that you can take, but the earlier in the season, you really do have to be smart. And you, you literally have to go into the competition, looking at the field and thinking like, I can win this. But, you know, if Pat Boner, Matt Frazier, Brett Fikowski, and five other guys that are all top 10 games athletes, if all, if all of them show up to like Wadapalooza, it doesn't make sense for me to pay all the money that I would have to to go down there just to essentially, you know, not have the, the best chance that I think I could at winning. Now, with that being said, any given day, anybody can win, but you also got to weigh your odds. Matt Frazier is the four-time fittest man on earth. Am I going to go to Wadapalooza and beat him? Probably not. So I got to, I got to weigh out my options and make sure that we're being methodical um, because for someone like myself, I only have so many resources or finances a year. So I, I can't do the Danny Spiegel and travel every single weekend to every single competition. I got to pick three, maybe four, um, if I can even afford to go to that many and, you know, play my cards uh, the way they need to be played. Well, Fakowski's going to probably be in China. That seemed to be his, it worked for him last year. So, you know, you could always go to China with them. That'd be fun. Yeah. I'm not really afraid of him. So <laughs> he's a good, he's a good athlete. I give him props. I thought that was a smart move on him. I guess that's why they call him professor, you know, like. He no. Yeah. His... I mean, yeah. he's a great athlete. I give him props. He's like, I'm a big guy. He's a big guy. He's like what six one. Yeah, he's yeah. Which in CrossFit terms, he might as well be six ten. I mean, compared to yeah. normal CrossFitters. The the way that he moves for his size is incredible. And for him to be a you know top four or three athlete like he was in the beginning of his career is incredible for his size. I mean, the, the dude's a specimen. So and he's he's very. I've talked to him a couple times about workouts. The way that he thinks about workouts is different than everybody else. You know, he's. He's definitely a, a cruise control athlete. He, he, he knows how to hold his pace and he knows how to, not only does he know how to hold his pace, he knows how to get faster at the end of workouts. And it, it's not like adrenaline's kicking in. He purposely does that on almost every workout, unless he needs to send it. He knows how to send it, but he's also the perfect athlete for like that chipper mentality because not only does he know he's not going to win the first round, but he's going to pass you every round after that. And it's just like, he's very confident with his ability and in, in, in being able to do that, which is kind of cool. Would you ever consider doing team? I know you did some team this year. As a matter of fact, uh, um, Alec and, um, and Meredith are going to be on the show later in the week. And I know you did some comps with them. Would you yeah. ever consider doing that? 100%. Yeah. I mean, it, I think in, in this age of CrossFit, you, I don't want to say you'd be dumb, but it's hard not to do both. I mean, realistically, the team competitive field is just, is just as fun and just as competitive as the individuals nowadays and the amount of money that they're throwing at the teams. Um, I actually believe that 
the the teams is going to be the swinger in a couple of years. I think you're going to see a lot of individual athletes go team um, simply because of like the, I guess you could say it's, it's I don't want to say it's more fun, but it's less stressful. Um, you got to train just as hard for it. Um, but you got, you got three other people that you can look forward to doing it with versus like when you're an individual athlete, it's like pure anxiety the entire weekend. So it's kind of like a mood lightener, but yeah, I have 100% would do team. Um, I kind of want to see if I can qualify for both. That way I have a choice. Um, at the end of the year, uh, me and my coach talked about like, we, we should probably do about two team competitions and three individuals for this year. You know, maybe has so, got an opening on the men's side. You should uh, reach out to rich. You know, it's funny. I reached out to rich and they told me, um, I talked to one of the girls on the team and he told me that the spot was already filled. So, I mean, I, I messaged rich and said, yo, if you're looking for somebody young to move to Tennessee or not even really, I would probably have to move down there, but for someone to team up with, I mean, I got a lot of years left in my career. So, I mean, I, if he offered me a spot, I would take it in a heartbeat. I would, I would turn down eight years of individual competition to compete with him for three. Well, I, look, I told him if you want a 49 year old uh, banker on the team, you know, you'll have no shot at podium, but the memes are going to be gold. And yeah, and- uh, he didn't, he didn't bite. I was a little disappointed. Yeah. I mean, that would have been a great asset to have. Wouldn't it? Wouldn't it be fun? Like me and Cookville, all the, can you imagine the stuff coming out of Cookville? If I was right there in the thick of it, it'd be amazing. Oh my God. I oh. I, I could see a lot of, uh, I don't want to call them redneck memes, but I could see a lot of like rich shenanigan memes. Oh, you can call them redneck. First of all, I grew up in the South. I grew up in Mississippi. I lived in Tennessee for eight years. So I'm fully prepared to call it redneck memes. Um, and I'd go all in like, you know, I've, I come from a long line of hillbillies, long line. It'd be perfect for me. I got it. I got it knocked out. So, uh, <laughs> Hey, so we have just a couple more minutes. So let's make sure everyone, uh, you know, knows where your gym is. You guys are located in Pennsylvania, right? Yeah. So we're, uh, we're located in Cranberry Township. So it's beyond parallel. Okay. Beyond parallel Cranberry Township is outside of Pittsburgh. Is that right? Yeah. So we're about, I want to say like 35, 40 minutes North of Pittsburgh. Oh, see, I'll never, as a Cleveland fan, I can never come visit now. I mean, you're actually pretty close to me, but, oh, yeah, I know. I, I know. I just, I'm not sure I can get that close to Pittsburgh, but I'll, you know, I'll talk myself into it. I'll need to come over. I need to come watch you do one of these 11, 11 uh, class days. That could be fun. Yeah. I mean, you can come over and follow me. I coach 530, 630, assist at the 730, 930, noon, 4:15, 5:30, 6:30. And then I also coach two sports teams at the end of the day. So that's, I believe that's 11. Is there 10 or 11? But yeah, it's a long day. So it turns into being a lot. I mean, you can even take some funny pictures of me napping on my, my kid, my kid's class couch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll come in and dominate that kid's class. I'll show them what's up. I, uh, Every Thursday. Yeah, there you go. I'll show them what's up. I'll lift heavy. All right, man. Well, listen, I really appreciate you being on. This has been a great time, uh, you know, and best of luck in your training. I'm going to uh, keep close tabs on you. And I'm serious. I'm going to come over to, to Pennsylvania. I think you're based on where you told me you are. I think you're probably less than two hours away from me, maybe, or it's going to be real close. Uh, yeah. To that. Less than that. We I did a competition at Scott's gym a couple of years ago. I think we drove an hour and 25 or 35 minutes. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm, uh, I'll come over and uh, let you destroy me in a workout. How about that? Oh, anytime, anytime you can, you can come do my programming. All right. All right. So uh, listeners, you heard it all here from Ethan Helbig, the uh, 
owner of Beyond Parallel, Cranberry, Pennsylvania, and uh, hopefully, fingers crossed, 2020 CrossFit Games athlete, getting back on it. So best back wishes. All right. Thanks Thank for you, being sir. on.